We are back in Powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're speaking with Tim Taylor for the St. Louis Blues about some prospects in their system. When I ask you about Theo Lindstein, who you guys got at the end of the first round, you know, in some respects, he has a very similar, I guess, value, I think, to Otto Stenberg in terms of just, you know what you're going to get out of Theo Lindstein. And he's very much a safety blanket for a coach as well. It's like he can settle things down. You know, he makes really smart decisions. Um, I think he really understands really well when to take chances and when not. And he's just smooth, athletic skater. And I think he's just going to be one of those guys that's just sort of that linchpin in your defense core that when things are, you know, falling apart and you're having a couple bad shifts, you just throw Lindstein over there along with Stenberg and they'll just seem to settle things back down and get back into a rhythm. Yeah. Theo's a really good skater. Um, he's a little taller than I thought he's, he's almost six foot one, maybe, maybe a little bit taller than that. Um, but he, he, he handles the puck so well. Uh, he's very smooth in tra- transition. He sees players. He makes those little, little uh, plays, whether it be just up the middle where he get bypasses the first four checker and gets to his player in stride. Uh, he sees the ice really well. Um, he's the type of guy that, you know, Jay Bowmeister, you know, where he can take up a lot of ice time, uh, defend, and, and really uh, uh, with a good reach. He's not punishing hitting, but he's in the way of everyone with his skating and, and, and his positioning. So um, you don't realize how much you miss players like that that log up a lot of ice time and and, and uh, play valuable minutes for you until it's gone. And, and, and we miss that with Jay Bowmeister. And we feel with Theo, he can come in and, and be a player like that for us. I feel like he's honestly a little bit underrated because everybody refers to him. You know, he was the vanilla, the bland type of defender in his draft season, um, kind of like a high floor, lower ceiling. But I found honestly like that was not really a good summary of his game because he's such a good technical playmaker. I found like his saucer, saucer, uh, saucer passes, his stretch playmaking was absolutely fantastic. Not at just junior level, not just international, but at the SHL level as a 17 year old, which is super rare. Do you feel that there's a bit more offensively as a result of his stretch playmaking and ability to get up the ice with the puck? Yeah, I do. And I, I think that the reason that, that you probably indicate that that's people perceive them as is because he's so smooth. He doesn't take the risk plays, you know, the ones where, where he's trying to put up ice over three sticks and uh, he won't jump up when he's not supposed to jump up. He's a very safe player, but a valuable player. He knows when, as uh, Shane was indicating, that he knows when to jump up and, and he knows that he reads situations very well. Uh, he's not a risky player. And, and we, we admire that with, with players uh, to know when they can do it, know when they need to stay home, knowing uh, that they read the game well. And that's what I've found. And again, just watching live for the first time at our development camp. Uh, and then uh, at the evaluation camp when Sweden came over at Team USA, um, just the, the the way he reads plays, the way that uh, he, he transitions pucks, the way he moves pucks, it just looks very easy to him. And I think that, that people see that as vanilla because he makes the game look so easy when he has the puck. Do you think he's the type of player that will actually produce more points as a pro? Because in the junior, you know, junior ranks or even into minor pro, it's a little bit more chaotic and players aren't always where they're supposed to be, but a player like that understands where people are supposed to be. And then your NHL guys are far more consistent in terms of this is where they're going to be that he can, he may be far more productive because there's reliability there for him. Yeah, I do. And I I think that uh, he's a type of player that he, when you give good players, good passes, they tend to uh, score on those plays. And uh, he does that a lot at the, junior level and and, and uh, now we're seeing it at the pro level there so 
he had a good weekend last weekend. I think he had a goal and, and three assists in the weekend. So he's starting to put up points. Uh, so we're really happy with his uh, production and where he's come from, uh, his development. Uh, we're hoping that he's going to make uh, Team Sweden for the uh, uh, World Junior Team so he gets that, that uh, um, experience as well. So um, we're really happy of where we got him, uh, and he's a good player, and we feel that like he's going to be really good for our organization for a long time. Well, we should talk about Quentin Burns. Uh, the poor kid's been obviously unlucky. Um, had some injuries that's plagued him a little bit, but I'm sure he's going to be able to recover and get back into a style of game because he's such a throwback. When you look through every draft class, there's, it's rare to find a player who plays like he should be in the 1980s. Like you, like he's a guy who is, you get into the corner, you get in front of the net and he's just going to beat you into a pulp until you just decide I can't go there anymore. I don't want to drop it drop the puck into his zone anymore. And I think there's some great value in that. There's such a, a rush to have those transitional puck moving, more exciting type defensemen. But when you have those, you better be able to like partner them with somebody who's going to be reliable defensively and take care of business in front of the net and break up plays and break up situations like in a cycle uh, guys who like that are willing to block shots and take hits to make plays and maybe punch somebody in the mouth for their teammate. Uh, I think that's what, I think that's a real value uh, when you guys picked up Quentin Burns. Yeah. You know what? Again, it's a good comment that, that uh, he's a throwback. He is exactly a throwback to, to uh, the eighties type of a defenseman. Uh, defensive defenseman has bite to his game, can move the puck. So um, again, there's not a whole bunch of that in the game now, but if you look at the past Stanley cup champions, they all have big D that, that, that play hard and, and physical and, and, and wear you down from the net in the corners, uh, make life miserable for you. So he's one of those guys that can do that. And, and uh, really at the end of the day uh, to be a successful team, you have to have all the ingredients to, to make that engine run. And we feel that uh, in the future, he can be part of that engine and help us win. He reminds me a lot of, I don't like using player comps too much, but he really reminds me a lot of Simeon Chistikov, who's a Nationals draft pick a couple of years ago, fourth round pick, uh, and Jet Wu. There's a bit of Jet Wu and Chistikov where they're, they're not the biggest players, but they're incredibly mean when they need to be. And uh, one thing that I want to ask you about a little bit with draft strategies, you, you mentioned how with Lindstein, uh, very smooth, very efficient, but not, not a mean streak to him much more just tries to get in the way where Quentin Burns is the opposite. He's going to make sure you know where he is at all times. It was, did that go into your draft strategy when it came to you had Lindstein, you knew you drafted him. Now let's find something that, that has that throwback element that you're missing. Well, to be honest with you, uh, we just go with the best players available at the time that we have on our list. So we felt that he was uh, the next best player on our list and, and, and we took him. So uh, again, that competitive edge, that, that gnarliness, that, that nastiness to his game is an asset that he brings to, to the table that not a lot of guys bring anymore. And, and you need that. And, and again, going back to two teams that won, they all have that. And, and we want to be, uh, uh, we want to bring the right recipe to the table with our, with our draft picks now and, and our picks that, that we've, picked in the past and, and going for in the future to win championships. We just don't want to have a good team. We're trying to, to pick players that, that can win a championship for us. And, and uh, we feel that uh, with his, uh, with his nastiness and, and his uh, ability to, to move guys out from the front of the net, it's part of the process of, in, in winning. Tim, you find that sometimes as an industry, we get caught up in the regular season, you know, you're watching 82 games of every team trying to assess and then, the playoffs hit and then we're, you know, that cold bucket of water gets hit in our face and we realize how hockey is really played and then what you really need to win in the playoffs. And does, you know, your Quentin Burns and along with Theo Lindsay in terms of de 
you know, different defensive styles, but both of them fit. If you look at which teams are successful, you can find those players in those, in those conference final teams and those Stanley cup final teams. Yeah. And you have to have that. If, if you don't have it, uh, you need to compete. And, and again, it, it's hard to play that style 82 games. Uh, we see teams now that uh, and are right in the middle of the pack to make the playoffs that can make a huge push because uh, they have built their team to that nastiness. Now it doesn't always win during the regular season, uh, but in the playoffs that, that style has uh, shown that you win championships. So Again, you need every ingredient to, to and, and skill level to win. Uh, but again, you, the team that's ultimately the, the most competitive team and, and will do anything to win, wins the Stanley Cup. Do you look back at, you know, the defense core you had when you won the Stanley Cup? And because you had some balance like that within that group, you had some guys who were pretty, pretty nasty in front of the net. Yeah, you're right. And, and again, you, you look back and, and see what agreements we had uh, when we won and why we why we won. And, and uh, uh, it's something you like to get back to. And uh, our D were big. Uh, we had Bo Meester logged up a lot of minutes. Obviously, Petrolander was a star. Uh, Joel Emmitson, uh, Vince Dunn, um, Bertuzzo. We, we had uh, um, some players that 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 could play heavy uh, and hard against other players and make them pay in front of them. Obviously, Colt Perrick was still with us and it was, was a monster during the playoffs. So um, you need all the ingredients. You need the, the big D because you have to silence the skill level on the other side most times. And if you can do that, if you can change the way uh, a skilled player plays during the playoffs, you have a chance to win. Well, Tim, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate the insight of your prospects. Look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thanks, guys. That's Tim Taylor. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 